This is iFanboy Special Edition Spider-Man No Way Home. Better late than never. fanboy special edition on spider-man no way home my name is Connor Kilpatrick, and i'm here with josh flanagan yeah that's correct i checked that that is who i am we may proceed which version of josh flanagan are you i'd like to say that i'm the gen x one i think <laughs> that's that's what i did during the movie oh that's the gen x one that's millennial <laughs> one and that's the gen z one okay yeah we're finally reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home, obviously delayed from the Omicron outbreaks. We were able to finally find safe time to go to the movies. This film obviously came out a while back, so well, it is what it is. It's, it's a successful right film, now. from what I understand. Yeah, why is no one talking about it? I don't know what anybody's talking about, so I'm not... <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone's talking about it. It's the only way anybody's going to see it. It's already like the sixth highest grossing film of all time. Really? Yes, it's a gigantic success. Okay. So... Spoiler warning, if you're like Josh and I haven't seen the film until just now, spoilers for this uh, film, it's two hours and 28 minutes long, it's another Sony release directed by John Watts, who directed all three Tom Holland Spider-Man films, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, and starring a whole bunch of people, which we're going to get to in a second. So Josh, going into the film, what did you know? Turned out I knew surprisingly little. In fact, I knew almost nothing. I don't think I've actually seen... A trailer for it. I did not see a trailer either. I don't even think I did that on purpose. As I watched it, I went, oh, right, I remember reading something about Dr. Octopus. And that was it. That was mm-hmm. all I knew. Right. And I didn't even remember that until I was watching it. So literally everything in it came to me as a surprise. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. really great. So coming on the heels of the last Spider-Man film, Far From Home, in which Spider-Man faced Mysterio and had his identity revealed to the world at the very end and was framed for Mysterio's death. We now have a Peter Parker, who is a pariah. J. Jonah Jameson, in Alex Jones style, is berating him on the internet, and he can't go anywhere. His home's being besieged with people. It's at school, everyone all just stares at him. It's a whole big mess. So what does Peter do? He turns to Doctor Strange and says, Hey, can you cast a spell that makes everyone forget who I am? And of course, it goes wrong, and hijinks ensue. I knew a little, more than I wanted to. It was just hard to not have things penetrate through the culture. So, you know, the big surprise that this film features all the movie Spider-Mans was something I knew going in. I didn't know the extent of all the villains. Like, I knew Doc Ock, and I knew Norman Osborn, but I did not know we'd get, like, everyone, like, Jamie Foxx's Electro or a lizard. I didn't know we were going to get everyone, so that was a surprise to me. That was nice. And... I had also heard inklings about the Daredevil cameo, which bummed me out because I thought that had been really cool to experience. I should start, I guess, I, I, I was with my main big thought of the movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my thesis as I was watching it and what I came up with. Mm-hmm. It is that I think it was a very good movie. Mm-hmm. There were only a handful of what I thought would have been sort of minor flaws, which most of them would be explained away. But I didn't like most of those things before. What do you mean? 
like I didn't want to see most of those villains of the versions oh, I of see. those villains. I actually know what you mean by things. That's all. Sorry, okay. no, that makes no that no. I used a pronoun. It didn't tell you anything. <laughs> most of those villains and characterizations and designs, like I didn't like them. Right. And so, hey, hold on. I know you saw all the Tobey Maguire Spider Mans because I was there with you. But did you see the Andrew Garfield ones? I saw the first one, and okay. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I just like saw it one random night of the week, and I was like, oh, "That's kind of fun for having no expectations or whatever." But I saw it, I had no need to see mm-hmm. the one that came after it. And Doctor Octopus, I think, is the exception. I think he he's great, and he was great again in this. I was like, oh, he hasn't aged at all. He's going to be seventy uh, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. I mean, it might have been digital or whatever, but he yeah. you know he manages to come off the same. I hate Mecha Goblin. I I just hate the design yeah. of it, and that got ahead of me saying if you know like i liked willem dafoe in it because i just i'm not a fan of they kind of moved away from the mecha goblin he, he had the it, well, hood exactly. on yes no and that was a moment that i got excited in the movie because and and to be and honestly the way that dafoe played the character a little while, i was like oh this is actually the green goblin where he, he wasn't in the original movies i love right. the original movies but I, I never bought that part of it so the point that we're, we're bringing back all of these things in an area where i thought oh this is a great time to be able to revamp to be able to really do them better, you know, it was kind of like, ugh. But, but there's a way around that. But that was my general thought, is that I was like, this is really good. I don't want to watch these versions of these characters again. <laughs> so there's a bunch of magical gobbledygook. The spell gets fucked up, and Peter wants to put a bunch of carve-outs into the spell, basically. Like, mm-hmm. okay, everyone forgets me except for, like, MJ, and except for Aunt May, and except for uh, his buddy, who is not the, the buddy from Ned Leeds. Co- Ned Leeds. He's ganky. And so then all those things end up causing a problem in which people from the multiverse who know who Peter Parker is Spider-Man get called to his world. So that's how this sort of breach happens where at first the villains come through and eventually the Spider-Men come through. And then eventually it's going to cause a collapse of the multiverse because too many people in all the, through the multiverse know who he is. So that's the general conceit. I had very minor criticism. I really liked this movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. And I thought mm-hmm. as, a, as a capper, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the other Spider-Man, but I thought it was really nice that they got their like last moment as Spider-Man. But yeah. my criticism would be it moves very quickly. It's a long movie, but mm-hmm. the first movie, which I still think is my favorite of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans, was yeah. just about as much about the characters as the action. And there was like almost no time here for character stuff. It was just action, 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 because they had a lot of plot. That kind of bugged me for a while, but then I just sort of gave into it because it was a lot of fun what was going on. But I just yes. remember thinking, like, I missed all the scenes at the school, like in the first film where you got to know the world and the characters, and that's always my favorite stuff. And that, I think that was part of my my other main criticism is like, I was like, I just want to, like, we're not going to get this kid again as Spider-Man. He's probably 30-something, but. Well, hold on. That's not true anymore. Well, what, what, either way, the, the point being like, I just kind of wanted a Spider-Man movie. I didn't want mm-hmm. a nostalgia fest with the idea of Spider-Man movies, and I felt like we had more to do with just him and them, Mm -hmm. and because of that, it did get short shrift. Now, I can't really find fault with most of the character decisions except for a couple. Mm. The main conceit of the film, I guess two things that hinged on people's decisions that I didn't like, and that was the idea that he would say, yeah, we should keep these guys here just seems insane. And I know they came up with a reason for it and then the guilt trip and all the stuff, but I just thought that's just so dumb. Now he might make that decision, but I found it so frustrating. Was he trying to keep them or just trying to fix them and then send them back? I guess. And that made more sense than originally, but like... That was weird because if he sends them back, they're still going to die. It was all very... Yes. If you thought too hard about that bit, 
Mm-hmm. Then you had a problem. I tried not to think about it too hard because I was like, oh, I don't right. think this makes any sense. And eh, never mind. The other thing that was, I thought, dumb is I don't love Benedict Cumberbatch in general. I think his, mm-hmm. I think his Doctor Strange is okay. I think he does a good job. I think the right, but the bit where he's not Sorcerer Supreme anymore, and I was like, oh, that's strange. Yeah, when did that happen? Yeah, exactly. And then, but then B, he did the spell, right? And he fucked it up. And the whole time he's mad, I'm like, well, you fucked it up. And also, he then got mad at Peter for not talking to him. He's like, you didn't talk to the school beforehand? But you didn't talk to Peter before you started doing this fucking spell. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the Doctor Strange, right? He's no, I know, and it's like the hubris, but it, also he like he never let it go. And then like they had the fight, and they banished Doctor Strange everywhere. And that, to me, felt like deus ex machina. We have to get him out of the way. It was a cool yeah. fight, and it was yeah. awesome, but I just I didn't buy it. For I don't know, I didn't, I didn't quite like it. It felt like the mechanisms that they used to put everything into place were forced so they could get to the thing. Now, again, mm-hmm. like you said, ultimately, it was fun. But at the time, I was like, why are you all making these terrible decisions? <laughs> well, you know, it's, first of all, I don't think I, I realized until just now that Doctor Strange and Wong are both played by guys named Benedict. Oh, I only knew that Wong was played by a guy named Wong. But what are the odds that they're both named Benedict? It's, yeah, not a common name. When did Wong become Sorcerer Supreme? We saw Wong in Shang-Chi. He wasn't Sorcerer Supreme in that movie. Maybe he was. He didn't act like it. He was at a fight club. He didn't act like it in this movie. He was still in charge of house maintenance. Right. Doctor Strange was still wearing the amulet and doing all the stuff. That was so yeah. weird. Yeah, I agree. And also they made Damage Club into assholes, which that was fine. But They made the what club into assholes? Damage Control, which was the oh. Department of Damage Control. Damage Control is an old humor comic. Right, 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 right. About the guys who clean that. up the messes behind No, I, I remember that. I just didn't. I don't think I noticed them. So that was the DODC. Oh, right. Yeah. Stewie. So ultimately, Peter decides he's going to try to cure all the bad guys from their various problems that cause them to be evil. So he's got Dr. Octopus, he's got Green Goblin, he's got Electro, he's got the Lizard, and he has Sandman, which I also wasn't surprised By the way, you couldn't have added one more fucking character. (laughs) Because I literally sat there, I'm going, one, two, three, four, wait, there's only five? You could have the Sinister Six. Right. One more character. It was kind of fun to see all the classic villains together, you know, sort even of. if it wasn't so, the traditional way. I, was... I, I will say Sandman was, is great. His portrayal and Thomas Hayden Church as the voice yeah. is great. The lizard, like literally for the first five minutes, I was like, oh, Killer Croc. And then it occurred to me, I was like, no, that's a Batman villain. And, oh, right. But it's, it was Killer Croc. Like... Right. And then I spent a lot of time trying to remember who he was. The two, the two the from movie. the uh, Andrew Garfield films of the Weaklings. Although Jamie Foxx was was good he was but he wasn't he was just jamie fox right and i remember that in the first movie it was like i don't even care how good he is like he's not electro it's like tommy lee jones as two-face or right. you know like it just didn't make sense i guess i do have to go back around on i thought that um willem dafoe really took it back from he was great improved. like and there was the bit where he shows up and he had the hood on and he's doing the voice and he actually I, I think without any makeup, actually looked like the Green Goblin. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the casting was always terrific on those original Raimi films, and Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina remain two of the strongest non-Marvel Studios castings. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. they're, they're both terrific. Like, yes. really terrific. And they got to play off each other, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Really great. Anytime they were doing anything, it was great in the movie. I liked Willem Dafoe's double switchback, where he's evil, then he's good, then he's evil which is the conflict within Norman Osborn in the comics, and you never really knew if he was playing or not playing, mm-hmm. so that made him dangerous. He was great. He's got that face. That face is just 
It, mm-hmm. He's terrific. I don't always like him because he's, mm-hmm. he's unsettling. I, I don't mean I don't like him. Like you watch a movie and like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't quite get past him. But that's all. It's his strength and his weakness at the same time. Right. But I do think that he pulled it around because I really like. I I saw that armor and I was like, oh fuck, I forgot about that awful like, mask. <laughs> I feel like on the one hand, like the filmmakers knew it too. They were like, let's wreck that mask and never look at it again. And I was like, good right. choice. Yeah, and they gave Electro a little bit of a electric mask that, yeah. from the comics. But one was not Electro there. One was three. <laughs> no. No. So, you know, in the course of action, Ned Leeds ends up with Doctor Strange's ring, which allows him to create a portal because he's got some latent magic abilities. And so he and it's fun. MJ... And Zendaya is terrific. She has a great chemistry with Tom Holland. Not uh-huh. surprising. They're in a, they're Nothing in a real to do off, with really. Mary Jane Watson, but whatever. No, she's not Mary Jane Watson. She's Michelle no, Jones, Jones Watson. Watson. And then Watson was Michael Keaton. Is that right? Am I remembering that character? No, 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 no. It was a different character. Who was who was her dad then? Yeah, it was a different girl. In the, in the, okay. There was, there was many girls in the first movie. That, that's how anyway. that's how my mind is going. It's doing great. So they, they try right. to summon a portal to Spider-Man. And so the first one they open up and Spider-Man comes bounding through, but it's not the regular costume and it turns out it's Andrew Garfield and then they tried a different one and it turns out to be youth pastor Peter Parker put by Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I, I, by the way, Tobey Maguire is ruined for me since Molly's game. Ruined. <laughs> I can't get over it. I did not like either Andrew Garfield films. I saw them both. And they were, I thought they were really terrible, but I thought He's he, not. I always thought he was yeah. a good and interesting Peter Parker. And so it was nice to see him get to come back and get a little bit of glory because those, those are really maligned films. Mm-hmm. He's a good he was actor. really fun in this. He was really yes, he fun was. in this. Yeah. And he has this sort of innate sadness to him, which worked in his particular Peter Parker situation because he talks about, you know, he Gwen dies in the second one or I, the first one or whatever. Happened. I did like that they all, in sort of classic Elseworlds style or whatever yeah. they call it, Marvel, but like they all had a different version of the same thing that, that happened to them, even though they were different people. And it occurred to me, I was yeah. like, oh, wait, there's no Uncle Ben in this. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was interesting. You know, again, like, this is a spoiler, so I'll just say this, yeah. you know, but like killing May, I, I was like, I feel like you've gone too far. I guess you had to, but he was already spider oh, it hurt. This goes back to what you were saying earlier, is this was originally meant to be Tom Holland's last Spider-Man movie. Right. And But it's it's made a hun- like $1.3 billion, and now they're talking about doing another one. So they sort of, I don't say end his story, but they kind of end his story. Well, we're going to get to the ending in, in a bit. But yes, this was originally meant to be that. So sort of wiping the board clean was the feeling I got out of this. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I didn't love that bit either. But I loved the guys together, the brothers, the spider brothers, you know? Like yes. These guys who didn't have siblings, and now they're sort of all these weird Spider-Men. And, and it's, you know, the only people in the world at all ever that they can relate to, and they do so instantly, and I liked that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the other things that took me a little while to get used to, and this is always happens, we're in the, I, it's easy for me to find things to pick apart, and then sometimes when I talk to you, we talk about the things that we liked, and I go, I do like all those things. But... At the same time, I did have the idea, like, I was like, you just did this in the Spider-Verse movie. Right. To a certain extent. And it felt to me like it was too influenced by that. Or mm. at least somebody should have gone, we just did this, and it worked really well. Again, <laughs> I just wanted the Spider-Man story. Like, I got right. a very special issue, and I think I wanted a different thing. But that's not anybody's fault. It was a good movie. I don't have any problems with it, you know? Right. And so one of the things that I really hated throughout the whole movie was the suit, the mecha suit. Mm. The nanobot suit, mm-hmm. especially when he's with the other guys and they're in the sort of they're in their versions of the classic suit. And I was like, God, his suit sucks so much. Look at that suit compared to the regular suit. I don't mind it. <laughs> so at the end, when he is in the situation he's in, 
and he's got to make his suit from scratch and he's basically wearing what well, you can tell because you don't really get a great look at it but it looks like the classic sort of 60s spider-man oh yeah yeah it did shiny blue though brightly colored as opposed to the other guys who were very muted because that was mm-hmm. the style back then like very muted colors his, his is like a bright blue and bright red suit and i was like yes because <laughs> i just hate that i just hate mecha spider spider-man is perfect you don't need to mess with spider-man's suit i see what you're saying and, and the design is one thing i don't hate the idea that in a world where tony stark is there and he was sort of his protege that that would be a thing that happened sure I absolutely understand what you're saying, but I think it makes sense in the world, so it doesn't bother me. Also, the only, not the only, but one of the things that J. Michael Straczynski did, I thought the Iron Spider story was a great story. Sure. And it's fun to see that be part of it and to change things up in a visual way. There's the one that has the gold bits around it that Mm -hmm. was in... I guess it was in the second Avengers, or it was in whatever, one of the Avengers movies. And like, that's ugly. It's just terrible. But the one that he had on for the first half of it wasn't, it was more subtle anyway. In this one, yeah, he had several suits on in this one. Not entirely sure why. (laughs) I would have said in the past for toys, but who knows if they even sell toys anymore. I thought it was a missed opportunity to not have Tobey Maguire's Spider Man run into J. Jonah Jameson. No, that's true. It's a minor thing. Missed opportunity. Sure. Has he always been J. Jonah Jameson in these movies? They didn't have a J. Jonah Jameson in in the the, uh, the Garfield ones. You know, one of my favorite J. Jonah things in it was the first time they show him, and they, yeah. he, he's Alex Jones. I mean, he's yeah. Alex Jones, 100%, yeah. same colors. They show him, and he's on some shitty room with a green screen, and the next time, like, he's in a full studio, and I was like, oh, yeah. this is working for him. That's awesome. They didn't <laughs> even mention it. They just did it. <laughs> that was a little on the nose. They didn't need that. There wasn't a film about the kids at the school. At least all the major players got to do something, you know, even Betty Brandt had a little yeah. bit to do, Flash Thompson had a little bit to do, and the teachers got one scene, so at least there was an acknowledgement that this is a trilogy of these <laughs> I characters. did like that Hannibal Burris was a conspiracy guy and wouldn't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good with the way that he deadpans it. Uh, it's really fun. They have a really funny three-man team there. Those three, those three guys are, are hilarious. I also think that um, one of the things that I thought was really cool, and actually very mature, is the relationship, the friendship between Ned and MJ and, and Peter. Yeah. I really like that they all care about each other and work together in a way that, I don't know, is fun. So it was a way to solve that girlfriend versus best friend thing. They just make them all a three-person team, and then it's good. Yeah. And then that that let Ned and MJ become a two-man team when they lose Peter. You know, in the middle of the movie when he goes off and they have to help him find him. So that was fun. They got to work together. And it was incredibly fun, you know? Yes. Like, I was like, ooh, what crazy thing's going to happen now? And this is fun seeing all the Spider-Men together. And this is fun seeing all the bad guys together. And, you know, it was fun. And even a little emotional. Like, Andrew Garfield sure. saves MJ in the way he wasn't able to save Gwen. Like, that was, might have been the most, like, rawly emotional moment of the movie for me even more than when when may died yeah but it was, it was a good emotion like you could yeah, feel good I mean. about it like it was you know the, a lot of times they'll try to make you sad and this one yeah. they they really gave you a moment and it's interesting because it it kind of depends on you seeing the other movie to a certain extent to feel that connection or knowing it really well, at least like, knowing I, spider-man lore enough right to know that, and i yeah. always wonder like if people get i mean obviously people see it and they get it but if people get the sort of weight of that or if it comes across i don't know but for yeah. me, like, we know, oh, shit, that's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And little bits like the older Spider-Man with their bad backs and, you know. <laughs> would Spider-Man have a bad back? Probably not, but it was still funny. Totally would. He'd still get out and do his thing. He heals. Yeah. He heals we, don't know, we don't know what happens later. <laughs> that's true. So what did you think of the Daredevil cameo? Whatever. 
you know, it was fun or whatever. Like, it kind of made me, like, that would have been a fun movie. Right. Daredevil and Spider-Man. I had this thought. I forgot about it until just now. You had the Daredevil cameo where Matt Murdock is representing Peter in some in legal trouble. And then like, the next scene he goes to Doctor Strange is Sanctum Sanctorum. And I thought, you know what? This is like reading a Marvel comic. Yes. Yes. Just a lot of characters who are disparate, but in the same town, and you're running into them. And you don't often get that. Like, the Avengers movies are one thing, but they're not really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a solo story. I thought, oh, this is kind of like it's reading a Spider-Man comic. Yeah. I also thought, I mean, if we if we go back to the Black Widow review that we talked about, is yeah. one of my, probably my biggest problem with that is that I felt that the action scenes all felt stultified. They just weren't as big and exciting as I would have wanted them to be. And this movie, you know, proved that to me because the action scenes were amazing. Mm-hmm. The stuff on all the cars are stuck on the BQE, and <laughs> what I don't even I don't think it was it was the um what's the road into is it the Grand Central JFK no the road into JFK the the well there's, there's a couple not the belt no yeah uh, no whatever you know like that was a great scene of the cars God yes. Marvel movies hate cars <laughs> so much you hate know them. the the set piece for the Statue of Liberty which is mm-hmm. great by the way. Because because they did it in X Men already, and they're like, oh yeah, watch this. You know they did it, and they, it's cool. They had the shield. Some other thing referenced the statue being damaged. I don't. I know. think it was Hawkeye, like in the background, like a newscast in the background. I mean that would make sense. Yeah, and I think you know ultimately, like to me, Tom Holland, and I, I don't think this happens without a succession. You know, without sort of seeing several versions, but ultimately, I feel like Tom Holland got the Spider Man the most right in yes. my idea of the platonic ideal of it and that isn't to say those other guys are bad because i mean we said and i was thinking about this the whole time is that we had said a long time ago long long time ago uh when we were doing our video show we said you know superman is the first is before really marvel kicked off it's probably 2010 9 is that and i still kind of agree is that the best superhero movie of all time is superman the motion picture yes and i think our second place was the second spider-man movie Mm-hmm. The Raimi one. I was like, all right, we really did like because it. it was really good. I haven't seen it forever, but you know, like Tom Holland's a, a better Spider Man. <laughs> like, Tom Holland is, but they they all bring interesting yes. things to the table. Tobey Maguire looks like a Ditko drawing of Peter Parker in the '60s, at least when he was younger. Andrew Garfield had this weird sort of outsider energy to him, but Tom Holland sort of combines all those things together. His wonder, I, I just like, yeah. His being overwhelmed, but also rising to the challenge over and over again without being... Uh, Toby Maguire wore his, his uncomfortability on his sleeve, mm-hmm. whereas Tom Holland overcompensates for it in doing the thing and just being like, oh, okay, I'm cool. No, it's going to be fine. We're going to... Like, it's... that. I, that's a thing that I think I'd never read the books like that, but when I look at them, I go, that's what that is. He's got that energy right. I think it just yep. it just works really well. And, you know, the, the movies are technically much better. It also helps that he's physically smaller, you know? I love that. Like, Andrew Garfield's a tall, lanky dude. But Tom Holland is smaller than Zendaya is. Yeah. And it works to set him apart from the other heroes. He's also jacked, though. Well, listen, I'm not criticizing Tom Holland. He's great. No, no, no. I just was like, it's like, I was like oh, you can look like that and be tiny. Wow. <laughs> so... So the big thing at the end of the movie is, you know, Peter realizes that the spell is going to destroy everything. And the only way to stop it is to recast the spell with no carve-outs. So that means everyone is going to forget him. He will basically never had have existed. Even the Avengers won't remember who he was. And to me, it felt like a very classical Spider-Man moment where Peter Parker will always make the big personal sacrifice 
to save the day, no matter how devastating it is to himself. It was right for the character, but, and again, I thought of this was being the end, but if it was the end of it, I would be like, ugh, that was such a bummer. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but then it gives him, it gets him back to basics, right? So now he's living in a shitty apartment. He's got to hand yeah. make his costume. He doesn't have the, the fancy Stark tech costume anymore. There were a lot of, this is the thing too, where there were a lot of things that if you thought about it, it fell apart. I was like, they forgot Peter Parker, but like the Avengers still know Spider-Man. Maybe. Like, ha- why did, yeah, how did Happy know May? Right. Because he was there, he knew him. Like, it didn't retroactively change anything or whatever. I was like, well, what's the point of him knowing May if he doesn't know who Spider-Man is? It doesn't make any sense. Were they implying that Happy had stolen a lot of Stark tech? I didn't think so. I thought he just had it because he was there. Maybe. Maybe after Tony died, he felt he was, you know. Or maybe, like, Tony gave him that one thing to, you know, keep good care of it. You know, safekeeping or whatever. Who knows? Maybe. At the end of the day, it was fun. I still think the first one is my favorite with the great stuff at the school, terrific Michael Keaton as a vulture, like all that yes. stuff was... I don't even remember the second one. I remember I liked it, but... I, I like the second one. The second one's fun, but I, <laughs> if if I had to rank it, it'd be Homecoming and then... I think it's because I don't like Mysterio. Like it's just No Way Home and then Far From Home. But I like them all. I think this, the trilogy is terrific. I'm not a huge fan of the Raimi films. I like the second one. The first one I didn't really like. Third one was terrible. And then the... Legendarily. The Andrew Garfield movies were bad. So this is this to me was a really successful, fun Spider-Man trilogy, and it's so incredibly interesting how whatever Stan Lee and Steve Ditko tapped into back in the '60s is so universal. And it's still like they haven't really changed anything significant. You know, like those right. things that people relate to. It's crazy that those that those guys. This is not the only film that's been released during the pandemic. There's been several Marvel films. This is the only one that's made over a billion almost a billion and a half dollars it's a spider-man thing you know mm-hmm. it's just interesting you know yeah. something about spider-man is so elemental maybe because he's been around since the 60s and he's almost everyone who's of a certain age spider-man is a childhood character that there's they all, i mean there's an element of recognition yeah. with that character that you know black widow and certainly shang chi will never achieve you know just I mean, interesting I mean, it helped that this is the whole spectacle of all the Spider-Men. So if you were a little older, maybe Pope McGuire's your Spider-Man, then you want to see that. Or if you, know, you like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, then you came for that. But something about it. Was it known that they were all in it? I mean, I'm sure it is at this point. Once the movie came out, you know. Right. It became clear. Like, I, I felt myself really kind of bummed that I didn't get to go. I originally was going to go to the premiere in, here in L.A. and decided to skip that for COVID reasons. Because I didn't want to risk not being able to go see my family. So I would have definitely been surprised because at that point, no one had seen it. Yeah. And I hadn't seen any trailers. So that was a little bummer for me personally. But, you know, even knowing everything that was coming, it was still more fun than I was expecting it to be. How disappointing was the mid credit scene? Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> you were a big fan of the first Venom film. No, no. That's not... That is That's what I've been told. It. That's the well, word no, on the streets. No. I think the thing about the... Was that you I... You enjoyed it. Yes, I went, but I I'd also I went and expected it to be awful, and I was like, that wasn't awful. I don't want to think about it again. And I certainly <laughs> didn't want to see the second one. And no, by the way, in case you're asking, I will not be doing a show on uh, more uh, what's Mor- Moriarty? No, Morbius. Morbius. That's it. Moriarty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shane. I would see Moriarty. No, Morbius. I was like, I I, I was like, I cannot believe. That I know. I was watching that trailer, movie. going, who was this movie for? Oh, it's awful. Anyway. Although Keaton's in it. Anyway, so you enjoyed the first movie, the first Venom movie. 
That's fine. That's fair to say. It, you enjoyed it. It was fine. Yes, but but not like I'm I'm not going to stand up for it. The second one came out. None of us saw it. Spoiler for the second one. I'm giving you this warning. From this is from what I read. And I didn't see it. The mid credit sequence of that film was Venom getting zapped from his universe into the MCU. Right. So now Venom is here. So in the mid credit sequence, he's at a bar talking to Danny Rojas. I was the whole, the whole time I watched that scene, I was like, is that Fez? And then I went, oh, wait, no. And then I figured it out like right at the end of it. I was like, oh, football is life. So he's there, and the implication is, you know, they're going to set up some sort of Tom Holland's Venom for, no, I'm sorry, Tom Holland's Spider-Man for Tom, shit, Tom, who? Venom. Tom, <laughs> there's too many Toms. Bane. I'm re- Tom Bane. Tom Baines. Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. There's, I literally just read a book about Tom Hanks. There's too many Toms in my head right now. I mean, now. I, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Like, And they're all H last names. Tom Hardy's amazing. Like, that's like, why is, well, it's really hard for him to be terrible. So you think, okay, they're setting this up, but then he gets zapped back to his universe like everybody else in the film, only he leaves a bit of a dollop of venom behind. My hope is that Danny Rojas becomes <laughs> venom. <laughs> Eating heads is life. So the thing is, I would be really excited for another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Not if Venom is the bad guy. I just hate Venom. Uh, The thing is, though, if you take it back to the comics and that initial story of... That initial story was amazing. Yeah, but then they kind of ruined it in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. So... That was the mid-credit sequence. I really do think, though, that when I when I think back to a page that is ever going to be with me, it is the Todd McFarlane page of mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Brock standing on May's porch. And yep. he's like, hey, can Peter come out to play? And how, like, my 11-year-old mind was like, oh, shit! <laughs> like, it, like, really? But some but a villain knowing the superhero's identity has much less value now. That yeah, was the it's, other it's, thing. It's dead That was the other now. thing. Right away, I went, oh, God, you're going to start with everybody knowing who he is? We've yeah. been bitching about that in comics for years now. That's what I think has been lost in the secret identity is it allows for those incredibly tense and scary stories where the villain does find out. Well, now and everyone knows everything. It's just like, whatever. Well, they spend half the time with their masks off. Right. I love watching all the movies. It's great to watch them take off their mask for no reason. <laughs> Every time. I land after the battle. Take off my mask. Like in the middle of the battle. <laughs> right. <laughs> I assume, if nothing else, the mask affords some eye protection. There's a lot of dust, a lot of toxic fumes. So the the post-credit sequence, which I'm really not happy about, was the full-on trailer for the Doctor Strange film, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse something or other, directed by Sam Raimi. I try to avoid trailers. I try not to know things. Like I knew there was a Doctor Strange movie called Doctor Strange in the whatever, the multiverse, and I knew Scarlet Witch was in it, and that was all I knew. I didn't know was in it. I didn't know any of these things. It would have been nice to be surprised. I, I either until now. In the trailer twice. I didn't watch it. You told me what it was going to be, so I left. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I like his Doctor Strange, but that's a little personal taste. Sure. Yeah. It's- his first film was completely, utterly forgettable. I don't remember anything about it, but I'm I think that to it. I don't like Doctor Strange in these movies the way that you're not supposed to like Doctor Strange. Because mm-hmm. he's annoyed he's an with everybody. He's an asshole. He's off-putting. He's not a good hang. It's almost like they're presenting him as the Tony Stark, the glue. Yeah. You know? Yes. Because you know, well, he's, he's the he's one, the one that's showing around. up in all the films. That doesn't work either to me. Like, that seems anti-Doctor Strange. He's what they've got, so they do it. But mm-hmm. 
this is the thing we've talked about. The, the, this was incredibly the fun. The cast, as it's been for three films, is great. You add in William Dafoe and Alfred Merlina and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like everything about this was, I thought, a fun time at the movies. And it, not just because this is like the third time I've been to the movies since in the last two years. And I was really happy to be out at the movies. Oh, I've been but... to some bad movies in this time. <laughs> Are you ever going to get over The Eternals? Because I'm not. I actually forgot. I was telling somebody about the movies I'd been to. And I was like, I've been to James Bond and I've been to Spider-Man. Long pause. Oh, fuck. Also Eternals. Ugh. I thought my track record was really good. And then I forgot about Eternals. Quick review. I thought James Bond was amazing and I had so much fun. I would go again right now. <laughs> I don't even know if it was any good. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I am not objective. Yeah. I also really enjoyed James Bond. I really had a good time watching at the theater. So, this is the last of this trilogy. Like I said, this was meant to be the capper for Tom Holland. But now, obviously, in the wake of a giant box office that's been doing, they were talking about now doing another one. We'll see if that actually happens. If it's the end, I thought it was a good capper, even though it leads, as Josh said, in a weird spot. But I thought bringing Peter Parker back to basics was a good way to do it. I mean, it was very of the comics. you just like, yeah. oh, he, he has to lose everything, which I think works for the comics, but it, it's difficult when watching a feature film. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, no, for it's sure. Just, it's different storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Because in a comic, you know there's going to be another issue the next month. So Right. Yeah. Or two weeks or a week or whatever. <laughs> I really liked the scene at the end when he went and found MJ and Ned at the donut shop. By the way, I had a donut today for the first time in probably three years. It was awesome. As a result of this? No. My work sent it to everybody just as a thing. Oh. I had a donut today. They weren't even that great, but I just was happy to have a donut. And I had a donut the day before. <laughs> probably two the day before that. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was a great scene. The whole thing is, are they going to get into MIT? Because they're all you know, super smart, nerdy engineer kids. And originally they don't because they're all associated with Peter Parker and he's dangerous. But now without Peter Parker, they MJ and Ned get into MIT. Peter isn't even a thing, so he's got to take his GED. I thought it was really sweet that he goes there and he's really happy for them. And he's, he's got a whole speech prepared to tell them, you know, what had happened. I know you guys and we're friends and you and I are in love. And he just, he, he doesn't do it because he sees that their lives are better in some ways without him in it. And that's a hard sacrifice to make for a hero. I'm not saying that that's the wrong choice. I think dramatically and for the character, but I think it was a really hard thing to watch. Oh, for sure. His decision to not move forward had to do with his false sense that he was negatively impacting others. Mm -hmm. And just before that, which would indicate that he hadn't learned anything. Mm -hmm. So the whole scene where they're looking at each other and they say, I love you, and they do the thing, which you believe, which you buy. I guess he thinks he's a danger to them or he's whatever. Mm -hmm. Again, last movie, it was kind of like, I thought love was going to triumph, and it doesn't. And it was, it was kind of like, The Empire Strikes Back is the second movie for a reason. Right. You know, and I get it. And that's what Peter's self-defeating, and it's his thing. But I kind of felt like he should have learned that lesson, or at least I wanted him to. I did really like, she had a line where she said, I'll figure it out either way. And yeah. I really liked that. She acted it really well. Where She's you could great. see her mind going. She is great. She's absolutely great. And if you've watched, what's the show? What's her show? Euphoria. Euphoria, which is way too fucking weird and young for me, but it is really impressive. Like I watched the first season, and I was like, I yeah. feel like the old. I feel like a pervert lech watching this. <laughs> like I was like, I don't want anyone to catch me seeing this. <laughs> no, I was just changing the channel. This happened to be on way more than girls. Oh, this fifteen-year-old girl's a bondage cam girl. Sure, I should watch this. 
No, but but either way, like I thought God her acting old. was really spectacular there. As was like even Ned on his phone. I was just like, oh, he's so oblivious. But at the same time, like this is the girl I love, and perhaps even more so, my best friend from childhood. Right. And I feel like I can't see anybody who'd be able to let those relationships go. But that's his thing. He makes sacrifices. But I thought it was an unnecessary sacrifice, I guess. I looked at it as a sacrifice in the moment. That he's not going to let them actually go forever. Sure. But he sees yeah. them in that moment. And why ruin that moment of happiness where they get they, I think they know a good they're way going to look to at it. And I, I, I want to make this clear. If you're listening, I'm not really criticizing this. I'm working my way through it. I'm working mm. my way through it. So don't be like, oh, you're bagging on it. I'm not. I'm thinking about it. They thought about it when they made the movie, which makes me want to think about it. So that's how this works. Yeah. So maybe this is the end for Tom Holland, but probably not. We'll see. And if it's not, then maybe they do investigate. <laughs> they were like, how would you like, and stay with us here, Tom, a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, they should like, they could pay him, you know, Jack Nicholson, 89 Batman money because yeah. they'll $50 make a million dollars. Yeah. It's not going to come from Uncharted. That's not going to be his next franchise. Nope. Nor should it be. He's kind of screwed in terms of franchisey shit. Like, yeah. I think he, he, he needs to do the um, Daniel Radcliffe thing. He's got several interesting projects lined up, including a biopic on Fred Astaire. I can see that. Because he's, he's a dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he's so ripped. Anyway, this was fun. He, I enjoyed seeing it. Donuts. I enjoyed finally getting to see it. I felt really annoyed that I couldn't see it for so long. Yes. Um, I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad we got to talk about it. I was glad to be outside. I was glad to have a bunch of crunch. I didn't have a soda. I had a water. I did. I had a large uh, <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper strawberry because Listen, they got the machine. I love that machine. We all have our own things in this trying I don't town. do anything. I don't drink alcohol. I love fucking soda, though. I have no enamel left on my teeth. <laughs> just my gums are always hurting. It's I'm fine. drinking a fret. No, I'm fine. I've, I've stabilized. I've got all, like, all of my teeth have fillings in them, so it doesn't matter anymore. I'm drinking a Fresca right now, bitch. Grapefruit soda. You should soda. just go Suck for... It. Dentures. You should just pull them all out. My grandma did it. She was fine. That's how grandma exactly. did it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home ratings. Ratings out of five stars. Ratings Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm going to go 4.475. Jeez. <laughs> We're getting into <laughs> thousandths? <laughs> Jesus. Well, he's a scientist. <laughs> I've got a... <laughs> what did you think when he said, I'm something of a scientist myself? Like, eh. yeah. I kind of laughed and I was kind of annoyed, but I guess is, that's a dad joke. That's what it's supposed yeah. to happen. I'm going to say four, and it's mm-hmm. sliding scale four. Depending on how I look at it in a lot of ways, it could go up. It couldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go down so much. But like I said, I wish it was a different type of movie, but the type of movie it was, I don't really have complaints with. Right. How does he take the GED? Who is he? Does he have an identity? Is he an illegal alien now? Is he... It's a problem. I don't really want them to explain it. That's magic for you. Yeah. And that's the yeah, problem that's... with doing a fourth film is that now they have all these things they have to unravel. Some things they don't. They use comic book logic. After the blip, mm-hmm. like everyone should... Like they, like they met back up and I was like, no, you should be five years older. <laughs> Just forget about it. He graduated four years ago. Just forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> it's all not going to work. Exactly. Lie. And I think that that's the way they got to go. That's the ratings. We enjoyed it. Hopefully you did as well. And we're still taking all these movie review shows as they come and as we feel comfortable. To be clear, not doing Morbius. Definitely not doing Morbius. Um, definitely not. I really just hated the trailer. Like, it made me angry. I can't. I, I, Jared Leto just will put me off anything at this point. 
it could have been Sir Anthony Hopkins playing Morbius. Sure. And I still would be like, I don't understand why this movie exists. It's a really weird choice. Because all they have is the villains. He's not even a top-tier Spider-Man villain. That's the weird thing. He's like a third-grade Spider-Man villain. All Sony has is the villains, so that's all they can do is make these villain picks. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. Not good. Anyway, thanks for listening. Josh and I do our regular Pick of the Week show every week on iFanboy.com. We talk about the week's comics. We have our monthly shows with the patrons over at patreon.com slash iFanboyUnlocked. The Talksplode and the Booksplode shows where the Booksplodes where we review a graphic novel. The Talksplodes where Josh interviews a creator or recently an editor. So those are all found at iFanboy.com. All of our various shows. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Thanks to everybody. To everyone. everyone.